My message this morning should be a hopeful message because we're coming into a new year and with all its new beginnings and, and many of you in here probably have some type of resolution, okay? Now, now I warn you about resolutions because here's what I've heard about resolutions. Resolutions are things we say we're going to do that we have no intention of doing, okay? How many have kind of figured out that's a resolution, okay? We, we resolve to do something, well, we usually don't, okay? How many have ever had a resolution to lose weight, all right? How'd it work? Not so good, huh? Okay, so I'm not resolving to lose weight. I'm just making up my mind that I will, okay? I'm going to exercise a little bit more, and my wife is going to cook a little healthier, and and I'm going to try to eat a little less. And Brother Rick, that's really my problem. You've seen me eat before. My problem is me, okay? In fact, most problems, most of the time, Sister Josie, your main problem is not anybody else. It's you, isn't it? It's the, it's the sweet lady that looks you in the mirror every morning, okay? My main problem is me, okay? And, and that's usually most of the time our problem, okay? But uh, I just want to challenge you. Don't make resolutions because, you know, you have no intent to keep those. Let's just make some positive choices, amen? So uh, let's do that in every area of our life, physically, spiritually, uh, emotionally. Let's just make some good choices. Let this be the, the year of good choices, amen? Let's let hope rise up in us, amen? Uh, my wife shared that the enemy would love to steal your hope. Man, if you let him take your hope, he'll start thinking he can take anything. He'll start thinking he can take your, your healing. He'll start thinking he can take your salvation. You let him take your hope, Sister Eloise, and there's no telling what he might, might not try next. So don't let him have it. Man, hang on to that thing like a hound dog to a bone, okay? Hang on to that thing. Don't you let go of that thing, amen? Because Christ in us is truly the hope of glory, amen? See, our hope doesn't come from us. It comes from him in us, Amen? Well, this morning, I want to uh, preach a message that I think is kind of a theme for this coming year. And uh, you, you, if you were with us on Wednesday night, you heard me share it. It's found in Ephesians chapter number 3, verse number 20, that Paul writes, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. We serve a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly more. And I just believe that's our theme this year. That's something that, that I believe the Lord wants to get in our spirit. He's already got it in my spirit as your pastor. And I think he wants to get it in your spirit. Because we serve a God who's able to do more. We serve a God who is able to do great things. Amen? We serve a God who's able to heal. We serve a God who's able to raise up. We serve a God who's able to take something out of nothing. Who's able to, to, turn, to bring life out of death. He's able to do amazing things. And that's the kind of God we serve. So guys, in this New Year message, I want us to be reminded that we still serve that kind of God. Now, when I was studying for this message, um, I I noticed that this one scripture, I was going to kind of focus in on this scripture, but this scripture is actually the ending part of a prayer that Paul had prayed. I didn't know that, Brother Rick. So as I studied a little bit more, I realized that this was a great prayer of Paul for the church. Now, this was a prayer that he was praying for the church of Ephesus, but it was really a church that, a prayer that he had prayed for every church. So if it was applicable to the churches of 2,000 years ago, I think it would be applicable of the churches of today. Amen? So we're going to take a look at this. In fact, commentators say it's probably the second most important prayer in all the Bible, ranking second only to the Lord's model prayer in Matthew chapter number 6. 
Now, if commentators think it's that important, it's probably something we should take a good look at. It's something we should really dig down into. And that's what I hope to do this morning. So let's read it today. Ephesians chapter number 3, verses 14 through 21. The King James Version reads this way. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with the might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. That's the prayer that Paul had for the church of Ephesus. And that's the prayer that I believe the Lord would have for us to study this morning. So let's pray today that not only would we hear the word, but we would actively uh, act upon the word and become everything that God has for us this year. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We thank you today for your word. I pray today, Lord God, that your word would go past our ears, would go past our hearts, but God, it would sink deep into our hearts. Because God, there are some principles in here that'll change us. They'll change us on the inside, Lord God, and they'll change our church. And I pray today, Lord God, that we're reminded one more time that you're still able. You're still able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or think. We ask today that you'd bless this message and bless this church in Jesus' name. Amen. So, that's the prayer that Paul had for the church of Ephesus. Let's take a closer look at it. First of all, in verses, in verses, 14, and, verses 14 and 15, we simply have Paul being led to prayer. We have Paul praying for a specific need. Paul coming down to his knees and praying for the church of Ephesus. You see, the church of Ephesus, like all the churches that Paul had a part in starting, was dear to his heart. Okay, And that's how every church should be. Guys, this church should be dear to your heart. Okay, Do you realize that before I came as your pastor, this church was dear to my heart? Why? Because I was on staff at this church. Fifteen years ago, I was the youth pastor here, okay? Now, sometimes youth pastors just play video games and goof around most of the day, okay? I met them. I wasn't that kind of youth pastor, okay? Pastor Polk had me very involved in different things, and he and I worked really closely and and labored in this community. So there was something of of myself that I gave to this church. So it meant something to me. Okay, 15 years later, I come back and now I'm the pastor of this church. So it means even more to me. But guys, guess what? The church has to mean something to you too. Amen. The church is so much more than just a rental car. Guys, have you ever rented a car? We've rented cars before, right, Sister Eloise? We, We pick out a pretty one, a nice one, maybe a fast one. Okay, but Brother Rick, we don't really care about that car a whole lot, do we? Do we do we bother to check the oil in that car? No, it ain't our car. Do we care if a little idiot light comes on on the dashboard, Fabian? No, it's not our car, okay? Do we even care if maybe our our teenager sideswipes a sign? If we sign for the insurance, we don't, because it's not our car. 
Okay, do you get the idea? If it's not yours, you don't really care about it. Guys, this church is not a rental car. This church is your car. This church is your church. And we need to make up our mind in 2017 that it become dear to our heart. Now, guys, let me tell you something. When something's dear to your heart, you don't do anything to harm it. You don't do anything to hurt it. People don't talk about it in your presence. Amen? Hey, guys, let's talk about your kids for a second, okay? Now, we're all parents and grandparents, and and we can talk about our kids, right? Because they're ours, Sister Josie. But can somebody else talk about your kids? No. That mama bear kind of wells up in her, okay? And, And if somebody, Brother J.D., tries to talk about your kids in your presence... You know what? You just get a little fache sometimes and you just want to say, you know what? That's enough. Well, guys, it's the same thing about the church. This is our church. This is your church. Don't let anybody shame your church. Don't let anybody talk about your church. Don't do anything that would bring shame or dishonor to your church because it's yours. We need to have that kind of heartfelt uh, attitude toward this church like Paul had toward the church of Ephesus. You think anybody talks smack about the Ephesians around Paul? I don't think so. Okay? I don't think so. I believe that fisherman knew how to shut people up sometimes. Okay? Guys, I'm just saying we need to have a love for the church that Paul had for the church. Amen? And if we would just do that, that would go a long way. Amen? That would take us a long, long way. That wasn't even in my notes. I don't know where that came from, but it's good stuff. Okay? So let's make sure that we have a love and a concern for the church. With that being said, pray for your church this year. Pray for your pastor this year. Okay? By the way, tomorrow, tomorrow at 6.30, we're going to open this sanctuary. If you'd like to come join us for prayer, you are welcome. Okay? There's no good football games on yesterday. LSU played yesterday. Okay? Or or no good football games on tomorrow. LSU played yesterday. So if you'd like to join us for about 45 minutes, we're just going to open this uh, sanctuary and pray. Why are we doing that? Because I believe that prayer is important. I believe that it's important that we pray for our church. I believe it's important that we create an atmosphere in this sanctuary where miracles can happen. Amen? Guys, there have been things that have happened in this sanctuary that that haven't been very holy. There's been some things that have happened in this sanctuary that, that I'm sure sometimes God scratched his head and going, what are they thinking? Well, let's get back to what the house of God should be, a house of prayer. And let's make it a place where his spirit is welcome. Let's make it a place where, where he's used to having that aroma of prayer coming up from his people. Amen? So tomorrow at 6.30, if you'd like to join us, my wife and my family are going to be here and, and um, hopefully you would join us too. And Is it something we're going to continue to do? I don't know. I don't know. But I know tomorrow at 6.30 we'll be in here praying. So we'd love for you to join us if your schedule allows you to. So number one, we see Paul praying for the church. We see Paul, Paul coming to the Lord with a request. So let's look at what some of these requests are. In verse number 16, he says this. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. What's the first thing that Paul requests for the church? Strength. How many know that we need strength? Amen? I've heard it said one time, don't pray for lighter burdens, but pray for stronger backs. Okay? How many know that sometimes there's been some tough things that happened to us over these years? There's been some challenges in 2016. But looking back at 2016, I'm glad to say goodbye to it. But one thing I do know is it strengthened me. Okay? Because here's the thing. Those things that don't break you, strengthen you. 
okay? You know, I, I, I've, been in, I've been in a gym. I mean, I'm a former football player. I'm always around weights. And, and resistant, resistant training is a, is, a, is a cool thing. What you do, and Brother Rick, you know this, you put some weight on a bar and you begin to rep it out a little bit. You begin to move it back and forth. And sometimes it gets really hard, doesn't it? Sometimes you, you want to take a little weight off. But here's the deal. If you'll push through that burn, if you'll work those muscles, if you'll strengthen those things, you'll get some good results, okay? Spiritually speaking, it's no different. Guys, trials and difficulties are going to come our way. In fact, Jesus said it himself. He said, in this life, you will have trouble. But he didn't stop there, did he? He said, but I've overcome this world. Okay, so if I've overcome this world, you can overcome this world too. So guys, we need to be asking the Lord to strengthen our church. Now, how does he strengthen the church? He strengthens the people that call that church his home. Okay, because guys, here's the deal. Strong families equal strong churches. Strong people equal strong churches. So when you pray for your church to be strengthened, you're really praying one for another. You're really praying for your pastor. You're asking the Lord to bring strength to this church. You know, three months ago when when we came in to help you guys out a little bit, our simple vision, our vision was a very simple one. We're gonna love you back to health, okay? Guess what? Nothing's changed. (laughs) We're continuing to love you back to health. We're continuing to see the body of believers strengthened. In this new year, we need to be stronger than we were last year. Amen? You need to have your your faith stronger than it was last year. So that's a prayer that Paul prayed, and it's something you and I need to realize, that God wants to strengthen us by his Spirit. By his mighty spirit, he wants to strengthen us. He wants to undergird us. He wants to help us. Here's the thing. Have sense enough to let him. (laughs) You know, the great thing about the Holy Spirit is he's a perfect gentleman. He won't force himself on anybody. But sometimes we need to have sense enough to know when to ask for help. You know, sometimes when we say, God, we got this, he stands back and lets us. How does that work out sometimes? Not so good, huh? But guess what? When, uh, when, 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 when we need help, let's recognize where our help comes from. It comes from the Lord. Amen? So let's allow him to strengthen us this year. So Paul was praying for strength, and I'm praying for strength for this church. A second thing that Paul was praying for is verse number 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. You see, we're looking for Christ to rule and reign. Sister Garland sung, uh, I don't know about you, but did you catch a common theme in the song set? Okay, it was about Christ. It was about him being the center of it all. It was about on this New Year's Day, let's refocus on what's really important. And what's really important is that Jesus Christ be the center of your life. Amen? He's supposed to rule and reign. That's what Paul was praying for the Ephesians. That's what I, as your pastor, is praying for you. That in 2017, that Christ would rule and reign in your hearts. Because if Christ is the boss, guess what, Sister Josie? Everything goes pretty smoothly. All right? If he's the boss, I don't have to worry about what you're going to do. I don't have to worry about what you're going to say. Because if he's the boss, he's going to filter all that stuff. Amen? Guys, think about it. How many times did you get in a whole lot of trouble when Christ was ruling and reigning in your life? Not often, huh? But how about when you put him to the side? How about when you said, give me just a minute, Lord, let me tell this person what I think. How did that go? 
Not so good, huh? So if we could learn to let Christ rule and reign in our lives, everything else seems to work out well, huh? So guys, I want to challenge you. Let Christ rule and reign. I've heard it said he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Sometimes we want to hold back little areas of our life and say, God, we can handle this part. Friends, you can't. (laughs) You can't handle that. You can't let him rule and reign because he can do it so much better than you can. That's what Paul was trying to tell the Ephesians. That's what this pastor is trying to tell Lighthouse Community Church this morning. In fact, that's what this pastor is trying to tell himself. (laughs) Sometimes we preachers got to preach to ourselves. Mo Seneca, let God rule and reign in every area this year. And if I can do it and you can do it, great things can happen. Amen? So not only was Paul praying for strength, but he was praying for Christ to rule and reign. And then, of course, he was praying for love. What does it say at the end of verse 17? Being rooted and grounded in love. See, what kind of love was Paul talking about? He was talking about agape love. What is that? That is the love of decision. That is a sacrificial love. That's the kind of love that God has for us. Amen? You know, we use the word love all the time. Man, I love LSU. I love lasagna. Okay, I love crawfish. You know... There's different, I love my wife, I love my kids. There's different levels to that, I would hope, okay? But here's the deal, we use the same word for that. So love becomes so insignificant, okay? You walk into something, you're like, I love this, I love the decor, I I love that plant, okay? We love cats, we love dogs. No, 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 you like them, okay? But here's the deal, Uh, in, in Hebrew language, you had different words for love. Well, the most important word for love was agape. And that was the love that God has for you and I. It's so much more than really liking. It's so much more than having affection toward. It is the, the, word, the love of decision. Where God made up his mind that he was going to love you and love you no matter what. JD, he made up his mind that he was going to love you no matter what. It's the love of decision. It's a love that you can't turn back on. It's a love that nothing can separate you from. It's the love that brings, that brings to action sacrifice. It's the love that allowed him to send his only son to this earth. Guys, let me tell you, if he only liked us, he wouldn't have sent Jesus. He would have sent Gabriel. He would have sent Michael. He would have sent somebody else. But the love, the agape love... The unconditional love said, I got to send the best. I got to send the only one who I know can get the job done. You know, on Wednesday night, we read a little bit about the love of Christ. And and I so love this portion of scripture. It's found in Romans chapter number eight. Talking about the love of God. Talking about what or who can separate us from it. The Bible says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, this is uh, Romans chapter number 8, verses 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Paul writes, for I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, 
which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, guys, that's the kind of love that Paul was talking about. That was the kind of love that we need to have one for another. And we're not only supposed to to love God like that, but we're supposed to love others like that. You know, guys, at at our church in Desalmonds, we had a real simple thing, loving God and loving people. Now, guys, I got to tell you, one of those is easier to do than the other. I'll let you pick. Okay? How many have figured out that it's pretty easy to love God? Because he loved you. In fact, he's showed you many, many times. Okay? Fabian, even at times when you were away from the Lord, the idea of loving God, you can understand that, right? Because, hey man, he's honoring my mom's prayers. I'm still alive. Okay? I've done some things that probably should have killed me. But I'm still alive. I can recognize God loves me. So it's easy sometimes to reciprocate. Why? Because God loves you so much. But how many have figured out that sometimes God's people are not so easy to love? Have you ever met somebody who's not easy to love? Okay. Maybe you haven't met them yet. I've met them for you. Okay. We used to call these EGRs, extra grace required. Any of you work with those EGRs? You ever been on a job site with a few EGRs? Yeah, absolutely. We've all met them. Okay. But here's the deal, guys. When the love of God is in your heart. You can't help but love others. Amen? You see, only the love of God can help you to love others. Because in the natural, you're only going to love people that love you. Okay? You're only going to love people that treat you nice. Okay? You're not going to love the guy who cuts you off in traffic. You're going to tell him he's number one. Okay? You're you're not going to love the person when he fires you from the job. You're going to tell him what you think. Okay? You're not going to love that teacher that gives your, your little grandchild an F. Oh, you're going to tell them what that F really stands for. Okay? So, so love that comes from God allows you to love others. Even if they cut you off. Even if they fire you. Even if they give your son a little less grade than what you think they deserve. So guys, the love of God is what helps us to love others. So guys, when it comes to loving God and loving others, the first one is you better love God because without loving God, you can't love others, (laughs) okay? They don't deserve it. (laughs) They haven't earned it. But when you love God, you realize that they don't have to deserve it. They don't have to earn it because did you earn it with God? Did you deserve it with God? Whoa. God doing a little illustration there, okay? But guys, here's the deal. We got to love God. We got to love others. And Paul was praying for that. That love would rule and reign in the church. Amen? So, continuing on. What else was he praying for? Verse number 18. May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. What is he talking about there? He's talking about understanding. Paul was praying for understanding of spiritual things. How many in here by a show of hands have got all spiritual things figured out? I'm glad to see I'm not alone. <laughs> okay? If you were hoping your pastor to lift his hand, I'm sorry, I'm not that good. Okay? In fact, it's not possible to have it all figured out on this side. Because what did Paul say? We're looking through a glass darkly. We don't see it crystal clear. One day we will. One day, Brother Rick, will be in heaven and it'll, all, it'll be that aha moment. It'll be like, wow, that's what all that meant. But right now, we're just trying to figure it out. But here's the deal, guys. We need to pray that God would give us more discernment. That God would give us more understanding. How do we get understanding? You get in the Word. Amen? This year in 2017, get in your Bible like never before. Whether you've been serving God six months or 60 years, get back to the book. Amen? Get back to the book. 
Get in the book. Find some promises. Claim some promises. Dig deep. Man, don't just get the the dessert menu. Get some steak and potatoes. Get some meat. Get some good stuff. Get in that word. Dig deep this year. Why? Because God wants to give you understanding. God wants to give you discernment. God wants to use you to make a difference for the kingdom. Do you realize that I'm I'm not the only preacher in this house? Every one of you are preachers. Now, I get to do it on Sunday mornings, but many of us get to do it at work, okay? Many of us get to do it in our families. Some of you wish you could do it right here because, whoo, that family, that's a whole different ballgame. But here's the deal. We're all preaching a message. We're all delivering the good news. Let's, let's, let's look for understanding this year. Let's look for some biblical knowledge and, and go deep in God's word. Why? Because that's the sign of a healthy church. That's the sign of a strong church. Amen? Where spiritual gifts are, are active and operating and we understand them. We, we don't just look around and scratch our head and go, ooh, what in the world was that? Well, let's get in the word and find out what that was. Okay? Because guess what, guys? There's nothing new under the sun. This book has the answers. All your questions, this book has the answers. So we need to pray for understanding. That's what Paul was praying for. What else was he looking for? Verse number, or verse number 19. And to know the love of Christ. You see, not just to understand love, just not to understand uh, love for God and love for others, but to understand the love of Christ. I read to you in Romans chapter 8. What can separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Do you realize, and I know I've said this before, but I'm trying to hammer the point home. Do you realize that God loves you no more today, Fabian, than he did two years ago, than you did 10 years ago? Think about the worst day of your life, okay? The worst day of your life when you were so deep in sin that that you didn't know which way was up. God loves you just the same then as he does today. See, that's hard for us to comprehend, Because surely God loves him more now, right? No, no, no. You don't understand the love of Christ. You see, the love of Christ loves unconditionally. The love of Christ loves without recompense. It does not matter if that person reciprocates or not. You ever love somebody and they didn't love you back? Kind of hurts sometimes, huh? You ever wrote that note sometime? Jesse's frowning already. Hey, you got somebody that kind of likes you back. That's cool. Okay? But but you, you ever wrote that note in high school, you know? Do you like me? Check yes or no. Okay, that's a country song, but you get the idea, okay? You write that little note, you pass it to that friend, and, and they open it, laugh, crumble it up, and throw it away. It just breaks your heart, doesn't it? Okay, Hayden, I know you've never had this feeling before, okay? But, but here's the deal. <laughs> um, here's the deal. Man, it hurts when, when you love somebody, they don't love you back. Guys, here's the deal. God does that all the time. God doesn't care if you love him back. Now, does he want you to love him back? Absolutely. But it doesn't matter to him whether you love him back or not. He's going to love unconditionally. He's going to love no matter what. There's nothing you can do to separate yourself from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. How do you know that, preacher? Because the word says it. And if the word says it, I believe it. Amen? And now we need to live like it, okay? We need to pray that we would understand the love of Christ in such a depth that, guys, if you understand how much God loves you, you understand also how much he loves others. It'll change the way you live. It'll change the way you witness. It'll change the way you interact with others. Not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself now, okay? But the love of Christ is something we need to understand. Moving on. 
What's his next request? I'm almost done. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with the fullness of God. Being filled with the fullness of God. You see, guys, this request is an awesome one. The sixth request is for the fullness of God. The Amplified New Testament says it this way, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God. That is, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Guys, I shared with you a few weeks ago, the presence changes everything. Amen? When the presence of God is, re- is resident in your life, it changes everything. Where you go changes. What you do changes. What you say changes. The presence changes everything. Amen? Paul knew that. That's why he prayed that for the Ephesians, okay? He knew there was going to be a time that he was going to have to be away. He knew he couldn't be there for them 24-7. They needed the presence of God. Guess what? The same is true today. Guys, as much as I want to be there for you, I can't be there 24-7. I'm just a human. I'm just like you. I'll let you down. But we have a God who will never let you down. We have a God who's there 24-7. Sister Gail, in the middle of the night, if you're not feeling bad, you can call on him because he's there. Amen? Sister Sandra, in the middle of the night, you get a call from the hospital, you can give a call to heaven. Amen? Because he's there. He's ready. He's waiting. He understands the presence, the fullness of God changes everything. You see, guys, in this new year, we need the fullness of God. We need the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, alive and active in our lives. Amen? That's what Paul wanted for the Ephesians. That's what we need today. And then finally, the conclusion. The conclusion found in verses 20 and 21. Now, unto him that is able... To do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. You see, guys, if you don't get anything else out of this message this morning, be reminded that God is still able. Amen? God is able. God is able to meet your needs. God is able to come through for you. God is able to answer your prayer. God is able to help you go through whatever the situation may be. God is able. He's able to do what we ask, but he's not just limited by that. He's not just able to do what we ask. Note how strong and powerful he is. He's able to do exceedingly. That means to surpass, to go beyond any request, to overcome, to do anything. He's able to do abundantly, talking about overflow, more than enough. He's able to do above. That means to go above and beyond all that we ask. Think about it, guys. God's able to do all that you ask. We ask him to heal Donald Ross. He's able to do that. Amen. We asked him to to strengthen Sandra. He can do that. We ask him to touch to Melinda. He can do that. We ask him to touch Sister Jane. He can do that. But he's not only able to do that, but he's able to do more than we could even think. Let that sink in just for a moment. Let's just, uh, you know, the, the, the book of Psalms uses the word selah. It means stop and ponder for a moment. Let's stop and ponder for a moment that we serve a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ever ask. Sister Wanda, he can do all that you ask. He can touch Don, John. He can touch Ronnie. 
but then he can do above that. Let that sink in. That should get you excited. That should give you hope for the new year. That we serve a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly more. What is your pastor believing for in 2017? More. He's believing for more. More salvations. More healings. More deliverances. More of God being active and alive in your life. Amen? I'm believing him to do more in your life. I'm believing him to do more in my boy's life. I'm believing him to just do more. Will you join me in that? Because we serve that kind of God. We serve a God who is still able Well, what if you're like, but I've asked him to heal me before and he didn't. He's still able. Amen. But I don't feel, ah, you got to watch those feelings. Those feelings are very much real, but they're not always truthful. They're not always honest. Guys, if your experiences line up with the word of God, praise God for your experiences. But if your experiences seemingly contradict the word of God, dismiss those experiences and stand on the word. Amen? Guys, has your pastor prayed for people who, who, uh, who didn't get healed on this side of heaven? Yes. Do I still pray for healing? Yes. Because you know what? Right now, I just see, the, see through the glass darkly. God knows. God knows that sometimes he chooses to heal temporarily on this side. Sometimes he chooses to heal permanently on the other side. Whatever he decides to do, he's the boss. That's above my pay grade. But I'm still praying for healing. I'm still praying for Donald Ross that God would help him to preach more messages and reach more people. Amen? I'm still praying for great things. Why? Because my God is able. He's able. Amen? He's able not just to do what I ask, but to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or even think. Wow. When I was praying for this message yesterday, I I walked in this sanctuary and I said, man, God, I I can picture this sanctuary full because I've seen it full before. Well, guess what? If I can think that, we serve a God who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above, more than we ask or imagine. I walked around the perimeter of this uh, sanctuary and I, I saw that parking lot and I said, Lord, could you fill that parking lot? He's done it before. I can think it. I can imagine it. We serve a God who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly more. Some of you are like, well, pastor, you don't know what we've been through. I don't care what you've been through. I'm telling you about the God that we still serve. Amen. I'm telling you about the boss of this church. I'm telling you about the one, the one who gave his life. I'm talking about the one who our hope should be in. Amen. Like I told you before, if your hope is in us as the Seneca's, Bless your heart, okay? Because we're just human, just like you. But if your hope is in Christ Jesus, he's the one who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly more. So what are we believing for this year? We're believing for more. We're believing that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more. Now, note the source of these answered prayers. It is the power that works in us. What is the power within us? It is the combined power of all that God has put within us, all that for which we are praying. The power of the Spirit strengthening us, the power of Christ indwelling in us, the power of love working through us, the power of understanding what God is trying to do, and the power of the fullness, the presence of God himself. Unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, all 
more than we ask or imagine. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen.